Our scripture this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 through 23. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version, 1 Corinthians 9, 16 through 23. If I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting, for an obligation is laid on me, and woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a wage. But if not my own will, I am entrusted with a commission. What then is my wage? Just this, that my proclamation, that, that in my proclamation I may make the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might gain all the more. To the Jews, I became a Jew in order to gain Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I may gain those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, though I am not outside God's law, but I am within Christ's law, so that I might gain those outside of the law. To the weak, I became weak, so that I might gain the weak. I have become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, so that I might become a partner in it. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, O Lord, for including us in your kingdom, for inviting us into relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. We ask now, O Lord, that as we hear this word proclaimed, that you will open our understanding and our minds to receive it. Speak to us what we need to hear. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. What do you boast about? What are you most proud of? We all have something, right? Sometimes it's a degree or an achievement at work or it's our family or it's our house or it's, there's something that we are very proud of that we boast about. That when somebody else begins to talk about what they've done or they achieved, that's what comes to mind that we can share because we've got something, right, that we're really proud of. When Paul thinks about boasting, he thinks about boasting as something that the Christian should not do. He basically says, Christians shouldn't boast. They shouldn't boast in anything but the Lord. And here's why. Think about it this way. If you're a Christian, you are following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've given your life to him. And everything you do should be bringing him glory. So that means that we're not doing it to bring ourselves praise. We're not doing anything to bring ourselves renown. We're not doing anything for our own purposes. But we're rather supposed to be living for Christ. Basically what Paul is saying, if you're just doing what you're supposed to be doing, there's no reason to boast. Because Jesus is doing it through you. Think about how we assign children chores, tell them to do the dishes or pick up their room or take out the trash. 
If every time they did that, they took a victory lap because they have done what they were supposed to do, we would all look at them like, what's going on? That's what you're supposed to do. That is the task that you are given. That is what is expected that you will complete it. You accepted this charge. You did it. Do we have to really boast about that? Is that something that we need to brag about? Paul says, when you became a follower of Jesus Christ, you basically committed to a life of living for Jesus and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You were entrusted then with the gospel, with the good news of Jesus. And now your task is to share that good news with others. When we accepted Jesus, in a way, we gave God a blank check. We said, God, I don't know what you want with me, but whatever you want me to do, I'm here. My life belongs to you. My resources belong to you. My time belongs to you. Most of us, when we made that commitment, didn't realize everything that that implied. We didn't understand everything that would be involved. And Paul had that same experience. When he committed to follow Jesus Christ, it was after his experience of conversion on the road to Damascus. If you remember, he was persecuting Christians. He was coming after those who called themselves Christians. And in that moment on the road to Damascus, he was blinded by the presence of Jesus himself. And Jesus called him to follow him. He said, you're on the wrong team. Why don't you join mine? Why don't you go and share my message? We know that Paul received this as an obligation, as something that was laid upon him that God was asking him to do. And he says, if it's something that God asked me to do as an obligation, and I've accepted it willingly, then there's nothing to brag about. It is what I'm supposed to do. It is what I'm supposed to be about. God has entrusted me with the most precious thing in the world, which is His Son, Jesus Christ. His message, His salvation, His grace, all of that has been given to me, and now it is my job to share it with others. Is there anything more precious that we can give anybody else? Is there anything you have that can yield better results than a renewed relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in someone's life? Paul would say there's absolutely nothing better. There's nothing that you could give anybody that would, that would be more important. And so when Paul reflects on this calling, when he reflects on what God has commissioned him to do and what he's supposed to be doing, he says, woe to me if I don't proclaim this gospel, if I don't go out and share it. And I mean, if you have read the scriptures, you know woes are not good. Anytime you see woe to you, it's not good. He says, woe to me if I do not share and proclaim this gospel. If you go to Revelations, woes are signs that judgment is coming. 
If you read the scripture, anytime woe appears, it's woe to you for either not doing something or doing the wrong thing. It's never good news when you see woe. He says, woe to me if I do not share the good news of the gospel. When we read this and we realize how important it is to share the gospel, we begin to understand why Paul took it so seriously. Why he went to so many places, even though they kicked him out, they rejected him, they tried to kill him. Why he continued. He felt that this responsibility was so important that it didn't matter if it cost him his life. It didn't matter if it took all of his time. It didn't matter if it meant that he would experience hardship because people needed to know about the good news of Jesus. He had met him on the road to Damascus and he knew that Jesus had accepted him and forgiven him even after everything he had done. And he felt that the least he could do was to go and pass it forward to someone else. Paul makes it clear that he's not doing it for a particular reward. I want you to hear this. The reward is knowing Jesus, knowing that we are his and he is ours. That is the reward. Everything else is gravy. That is the reward. The reward is knowing the one who has loved us so much that he was willing to die for us on a cross. The reward is knowing that he has promised never to leave us and never to forsake us. The reward is that he has promised us new life with him. Well, when Paul writes to the Corinthians, he explains that he has tried to make this gospel free of charge. He doesn't want anybody to come and say that he made it too difficult for them to receive it, too costly. And so Paul made a couple of decisions in his own life. They were his personal decisions. He chose not to get married. He decided he wasn't going to get married. Something about that getting in the way. And the second one is he chose to continue working for a living on the side as he did his ministry because he did not want to draw a wage from those he was ministering with. And he wrote to the Corinthians, he said, I had every right as an apostle to receive from the ministry and to be sustained by the ministry, but I made these decisions on purpose because I want you to know that the gospel should always be free. It should always be given away. You received it as a free gift, and it should be given away as a free gift. If you look back earlier in the chapter, he establishes he had a right to do that. He had a right to receive from the ministry. He had a right to get married. And he even says some of the other apostles did. They got married. They had families. They had children. They had all of those things. But he chose not to receive that. He chose to give up those rights. Why? Paul felt that it was the best way for him to carry out his ministry. Can you imagine how difficult it would have been for Paul as he went through everything he went through, knowing that he had a wife and a family back home, stressing over him being in jail, stressing over him being shipwrecked, 
stressing over people wanting to kill him left and right. I mean, he felt that these things were going to get in the way. And so he says, for the sake of the gospel, I who am free have made myself a slave to all. I have given myself so that I can serve all of them so that they may know Jesus Christ. And my ultimate goal, my ultimate goal is God's goal. And what's God's goal? That all people should come to salvation. God wants everyone to be saved. And Paul acknowledges, I know I'm not going to get them all, but I am going to do my best to reach as many as I can with the good news of the gospel. I'm going to do whatever it takes. He says, in fact, to the Jew, I'm going to become like a Jew because I understand the Jew. I, I was one. I am one. He says, I was a Pharisee. I understand what it is to love the law and live under the law and to be under all of the Mosaic laws. And I understand what it means to be a Jew. And I can speak to a Jew about grace and forgiveness and mercy and salvation. He says, but to the ones outside the law, I can speak to them too. I'll become like one who has no law because in fact, I'm free from the law through the grace of Jesus Christ. Yet I choose to follow God's law because I have made a decision to follow Jesus. So I can relate to you who are outside the law. I can talk with you and I can understand where you're coming from. And he says, to the ones who are weak, I became weak because believe me, I had weak moments throughout my ministry. I'm sure there were moments throughout the ministry of Paul where he was wondering, God, what are you doing with me? What are all these ups and downs? What are all these rejections? What are all these things that have besought me? What, what, what are you doing in my life? So he had moments where he understood what it meant to be weak. And he says, I can speak to all of them. I can go to all of them. I became all things to all people so that I can save some. Even Paul knew he couldn't save them all. He couldn't reach them all. But like God, his desire was to reach as many as he could, to go out to as many as he could. And he was willing to be with his audience wherever they were, in whatever circumstance they were, to accompany them in the road from where they were to where God wanted to bring them to. This meant that sometimes he had to be with people that were different than himself. Think about how many times it must have been Strange for Paul to be among Gentiles eating, knowing that he used to be a Jew and they couldn't do that. Or the times that he was about, around his Jewish friends and they were talking badly about the Gentiles and those people. And he had to be there with them and try to minister to them. We all need to reach out to those who are around us like Paul, we need to learn what it means to become all things to all people. So you don't like football. Invite a friend to the football party anyway. Invite a neighbor. Invite a colleague. Invite a coworker. You don't like gardening. 
Still, go out in the yard and talk to your neighbor. You never know how a conversation about plants will lead to a conversation about growing in faith and being built for the kingdom. So, you don't like racing, but you can talk to a friend about what it means to start and finish the race. What it means to go the full length of the race with Jesus there are so many ways in which we can connect people to Jesus. And sometimes we think it has to be some complicated, theologically complex way to explain the gospel to somebody. But what Paul had learned in his own journeys was that you start where people are and you find something you have in common and then you share the gospel through that something. You bring it to life by giving them an illustration or an explanation that makes sense to them based on what they already know. And then you watch as God takes that seed that you've planted and makes it grow in their life. It is important to understand that Paul never compromised the gospel that he was preaching. He always preached Jesus crucified, dead, buried, and raised on the third day. He always preached Jesus who transforms and changes people's lives because he had changed his and he knew what that meant. He always preached Jesus who came to forgive our sins because we are sinners that need to repent. But he always found a way to make the message connect with those he was visiting with, those who he was with talking for us, the challenge today is to continue to do that in relevant ways. To continue to find ways to help people to connect the dots between their ordinary everyday lives, their jobs, their families, their circumstances, and what God is doing among us and with us and for us. Sometimes all it takes is somebody to say, did you see how this connects with this? And all of a sudden, they're off on a journey to connect and to see what God has been doing all along in their lives. Simply because somebody pointed out where number one was so they could begin to connect all the lines and see what God has been doing. How many times are we placed in circumstances where somebody just needs the encouragement to start tracing the movement of God in their lives. To see what God has been doing so that their spirit will be open to the invitation to become part of the family of God. I shared with the children about the collecting of the cards. It's something that I've done for a long time since I was a kid. And one thing that we always did was we would trade cards. You ever trade cards? You got your three, they got their three, you compare and try to trade cards. One of the most amazing things of the gospel is that, is that Jesus was the one card that was traded for the whole deck. He was given so that all could come in and receive mercy and grace. And that is what Paul was trying to preach and teach everywhere he went. Anytime that you're out there, 
I want you to think about the fact that Jesus wants them all. He doesn't want some. He doesn't want a few. He wants them all. It's not our task to sort the deck and decide which ones would be a good fit. It's not our task to pick and choose. It's our task to tell everyone that Jesus wants them as part of the family. And then we just let God do the work to work in their hearts and work in their lives. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for you gave it all. You gave your son, Jesus Christ, to obtain all of us. Lord, you've given us an opportunity to be saved through him. Now, O oh Lord, we ask that you will commission each and every one of us, like you did, Paul, to go out to those around us to share the good news of the gospel, to invite them, O oh Lord, to new life in you, to let them know, O oh Lord, that you've been searching them, searching for them, that you've been looking for them, that you've been trying to reach them, Lord. Help us, O oh Lord, to speak to neighbors and friends and coworkers and anybody that we meet about your goodness and your grace. And Lord, let our boasting be on you, on what you've been doing, on what you continue to do, on your goodness and on who you are. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As we continue worship, the altar is always open if you would like to come up for prayer.